This is Robbie Illuminati, the motherfucking op killer. And your eyes, ears, mind, body, and soul are checking out the Three Count Podcast. Hit him with a, hit him with a three count. Pin him to the ground and the crowd go wild, man. Now I know we all like. Hit him with a three count. On the top row crowd already know how I fly to the flow like. Hit him with a three count. And your boy real chicka chicka chicka. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. No, I am not Chaz. That's not what I am. That's not who I do, and that's not the things I'm going to say. So I'm not your uncle, your nephew, your brother, your father, whatever else things he says. But I am the man who runs shit. I do shit because I try to do everything that is part of this podcast. You know me as Clifford Red Dog Miller, and uh, things may look a little different, and there's a reason for that because, you know, all of our guys currently are, uh, you know, they're taping. They're taping right now. So we had to go out and scour the rest of Facebook, Instagram, and even TikTok themselves to find us a person who wants to jump on the show because, you know, I, I like to do that. But our man who's joining us today, you guys see him right next to me. He's the man himself calling him, call him the king of vlog style, David Edge. What's up? It's true. I really am. I'm the, the king. No one else can take that away from me. Um, I thought of it. Bam. That's right. What's up, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm so hyped that uh, you decided you wanted to come on and talk with us. And uh, since, you know, the Three Hot Podcast, normally we actually, uh, we've had a few things happen on our show. So we didn't have a show last week because it was Memorial Day. And me being mm-hmm. a veteran, I wanted to, you know, honor uh, our soldiers who had fallen. Um, yeah. But then this week, uh, so you guys noticed Lou's not a part. And the reason why Lou's not a part is because he just had a daughter. So big oh, ups wow. to Lou. Yeah, congratulations to him. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for your service and uh, congrats to him. Yeah. Wow. And then last but not least, uh, Chaz, Prince, you guys know all the rest of the group of guys. They're, uh, they're all actually, they're all taping right now. So I'm definitely happy for those guys. And I'm, I'm glad that they're doing their thing. So guys, keep tearing it up. I know you guys will be popping in and talking to us. So it is what it is at this point. But so let's get into some of these intros and outros and these announcements that we have going on. So if you guys are looking to pick up uh, a Three Count Podcast t-shirt, you guys can actually see it's that guy right there or let's see, that guy right there, um, ProWrestlingTees.com. You guys know what to do. Find the Three Count Podcast. You guys can just go search that, buy a shirt, and uh, you know talk to us there. You guys can find all of our material, um, all of our social media stuff at Three Count Pod or even at Three Count underscore pod on Twitter. Um, come talk to us there. You guys check out all the news articles that we post up. Pretty much every day. I didn't post one up today, though. So, uh, yeah. But pretty much every day, you can check out all the stuff that we do for uh, the Three Count Pod on TikTok, Instagram. You guys can check us out on Facebook, kind of wherever you guys want. And then you guys can check out our YouTube streams like you are right now. Or even if you go to YouTube.com forward slash the Three Count Podcast, you can check out this show later on that channel as well. So, with that being said, let's just hop into these debate topics. But the first thing we're going to get into is we're going to get into Match of the Week. So, Dave, I got to ask you, man. Out of all the wrestling that we kind of been talking about, do you have a match of the week? I actually do. And most of you guys are going to be caught off guard with this one. I was just looking into it. So um, I haven't been able to keep up with a lot of wrestling that's been going on with the major promotions. But there was one promotion that I got to check out because it happened to be free on YouTube yesterday. And actually, it was not yesterday. It was actually this past Friday. It was a women's match. It was like pretty much a no holes barred match. It was Holodead. Uh, versus Masha Slamowicz. And literally, it was great. They went all out using uh, anything that was just in sight. Any chair that someone was sitting on, they took it and used it. They used, uh, uh, they put themselves through tables. Uh, it was a good 20 minute match. And oh, it was just, it was incredible. Like, it makes me love women's wrestling more than I already do. 
<laughs> and it's uh, if anyone was wondering, if you guys want to check that match out, it's free on YouTube. Just look up Hybrid Wrestling, and you should be able to find the whole free event. It's a two and a half hour event. You guys can check out, which also has main event um, G Raver versus Gangrel. So check that out, please. I saw a preview of that match. That was that was pretty wicked. <laughs> like I saw like some highlights from uh, Gangrel's match. I was like, oh man, it's like I'm glad I'm not in that position right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that a lot of these companies are doing free events on YouTube. So very oh, thankful yeah. for that. And it makes it so much fun to like be able to sit back and watch and then you get to enjoy and you get to see some of the new talent before they become like huge talent. So yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, I was, I'm very hyped seeing the things that play out. So I'm going to get yeah, to definitely. my match. Especially with a uh, holiday. Oh yeah. Holiday oh. is such a great talent. Like I think people like they're really sleeping on her and, you know when she gets signed to somewhere wherever they're going to be like oh why didn't we sign her sooner <laughs> yeah hopefully soon um all right so for my match of the week we're going to keep it kind of simple um if you guys are checking out double or nothing uh the young bucks versus moxley and kingston they are uh they're on my list it's pretty much you know generic uh, i like the match i love the dynamics um but as you guys know, whenever I put out a match, it's usually on my honorable mention. So that would be my, that's my first honorable mention match before we get into the Red Dogs Power Rankings. So some of the announcements really quick that I do want to throw out there is that if you guys are linked up to the youtube.com four slash two count podcast, or even just check us out on anchor.fm or any of your favorite uh, podcasting uh, sites, you guys will see that this week you guys are going to get three brand new interviews. So you guys are very welcome for that because, you know, I, I love you guys and I really want to to give you guys as much much as I can. So we're going to have Big Game Leroy is going to be a special guest on Now Entering the Ring. You're also going to be getting Vanity uh, on the 9th. And then on the 10th, you're going to be getting SCWA, so a promotion that I work for out here um, in Maryland. They're actually from West Virginia. But, um, yeah, so you guys get those interviews, and they're a lot of fun. All of those guys are really great, and I just can't wait. So you guys could check those out. So the 8th, 9th, and 10th, you guys will be getting an interview after interview after interview for Now Entering the Ring. Um, now that we got all of our great announcements and greats, uh, our matches of the week, let's get into our debate topics. Our first debate topic, we're going to be talking about it because it's probably the biggest news to come out of wrestling other than, you know, double or nothing. These WWE releases have happened, right? Um, we know Braun Strowman was one of them that was released. Lana uh, was released. Ruby Riot was released. Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy. And I feel like there's one more that I'm forgetting. Uh, Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett, that's right. So all of them were released, um, and it's not it's not really a debate topic about like where they're gonna go. I mean, where they go is where they go. I'm not really worried about that part. I know some people are like, everybody should go to AEW, and I'm like, I don't, I don't agree. You know, maybe someone, one or two, um, but I just think like the whole roster going over is is a mistake. So. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how I'm really feeling about this. I know like the business is talking about budget cuts well, always, but for like the last three weeks, like four weeks, I think it's been about four weeks. That's all they've been citing was budget cuts. But really you kind of like see something else brewing in the water. Um, I know a lot of people have been rumored about saying that there's like a huge sale of uh, possibly with like NBC or with Disney or Fox, just kind of whoever they want to talk about. But uh, I, I just kind of want to get your opinion, Dave, on what you think about some of the releases. Uh, it definitely um, budget cuts is uh, what I like to call a total lie, uh, <laughs> just because um, from what I've seen uh, from the, especially during the pandemic in 2020, 
um, WWE had their most profitable year because of it. There is a reason. Uh, this is just me. I could be wrong. Who knows? But uh, I, I'm pretty sure they're trying to pretty much just cut whatever they're trying, uh, whatever money they're they were spending, to make it look like, well, we're not spending a lot of money, but look at how much money we're making for not spending a lot. It's a it's a kind of a a spending to like you know money making ratio they're trying to. I feel like they are trying to sell, and I think NBC might be it. Yeah, it's funny because I listen to the quarterly calls uh, whenever they're on, and I know like a lot of people are like, "Why would you do that?" I don't know. I'm just a sucker for pain, but I like to <laughs> I like to listen through, and they're always talking about how they're like because they have the Thunderdome is like year of you know quarter after quarter to like bring in more money, and then they start releasing more talent and to bring in their bottom dollar looks good. And you're right, like I think NBC does make the most sense because they've had the longest relationship with them. Um, I know, I know, I had uh, a random person on TikTok actually tell me that no company should own wrestling like WWE. I was like, well, if you're not watching ROH, they're kind of owned by Sinclair. <laughs> like it is a thing, um, but it's 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 kind of eye opening to see so many um, like so many talent go, especially like someone like Braun, right? Who like it was rumored earlier this week that. Vince had said that he was like obsolete, right? Because they had, you know, a, a re, uh, commander of seas and they had Omos. So really like Braun was kind of like the out, but I was like, but this is a place of giants. Like you at one time had Kane, Taker, uh, Giant Gonzalez has been through there, uh, Big Show. So you have, you've always had those taller kind of wrestlers. So it's like, it's not like he wasn't like ever not going to fit in. It was, I, I don't know. It's just weird to me to hear that. Braun got cut, but then people were talking about how much money he was making. And I was like, well, if you're not using them, yeah, that's probably for best. <laughs> like 1.2 mil was like a rumor that I heard. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you might want to cut that. Cause I can understand like that might bring your bottom number even further down. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, uh, I, I felt like, yeah, they didn't have really anything for him. And it, it is a thing of like, well, we're spending a shit ton of money on this dude, but we have no clue what we want to do with them. So why are we keeping them? Let's save our money and just let them go. Yeah. And then, but see, like in the same token too, like, you know, they were talking about, uh, we have like the fiend and we have, um, I forget there was another spooky character, right. That they were talking about, but Alistair Black really didn't fit in as well. So that's why they let him go. I was like, but his, his like, Oh, uh, bliss, bliss and the fiend. I was like, but his mm-hmm. spookiness is like, is like a different type of like fear. Cause it's like a dude who legitimately is like, I will come get you and kick your ass. Whereas like the fiend is more kind of like that monster that just gets brought out every once in a while. Well, he's supposed to get brought out every once in a while, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. But like fiend, like you see, you see Alistair Black come out and he just, he's not only calling his shot, but he's hitting every single shot. And it's just weird to see, like, they didn't have anything for him. They didn't have anything for Buddy Murphy, who let's be real two years ago when he was with uh, Mustafa Ali and they're on 205, they were just tearing the house down. And then you brought him to Raw, and he was still putting banger matches. And everything you threw at him, like, he was taking and running with it. And so eventually you're just like, well, we don't really know what to do with you since we, we had you date, you know, Aaliyah Mysterio. And now we're just going to cut you. I'm like, whatever. I was like, I think that's a talent, and I will put this out there. I think it's a talent that he should go to AEW because I feel like his, his work rate is just fits right into with everybody else. And I think he could be a killer like in that promotion. No, I, I totally agree. And uh, I hope, uh, I know a lot of people don't realize this because everyone always does the whole go to AEW thing, which I don't see it as a problem. You know, I, 
again, uh, people need to start realizing that in professional wrestling, it is a job and you know, you are going to go somewhere where someone's going to be like, Hey, I'm going to give you money to wrestle. Yeah. I'm going to go for it. It's always funny. And then the thing is there are multiple options too. There, you, you have your impact, you have your ring of honor, you have uh triple a CMLL, you have like new Japan, all Japan. Like you have all these options. You can go to the independent scene. The independent scene is still going right now. So it's always funny to watch people just go, Oh, they're just going to go all to AEW. But I mean, uh, the one thing I do want to praise AEW for is during this pandemic, they really did help out a lot with wrestlers. Um, people always go, oh, Elevation's too long. It's just a bunch of random wrestlers on there. A lot of them are independent wrestlers. What Tony is doing for Dark and for Elevation is he's bringing independent wrestlers in that probably aren't wrestling that much on the independent scene because of the pandemic. And they're putting them out there and giving them like some kind of exposure, but also at the same time, paying them when they know that they're having a hard time getting paid wrestling during this pandemic yeah super cool like i love watching uh dark and elevation for a couple reasons right so we've had like a bunch of the wrestlers on now ancient ring come to uh that go to aw dark and elevation so it's kind of fun to see uh like roman Rosal, Derek pizzatoro or two, two of the names i'll throw out there as well as waves and curls Jalen brandon and uh trayvon uh, they they've been on our show so we we've had a bunch of those guys on and we've talked to them and just like had like a ball like doing all the interviews and stuff so it, it's cool to see like you do an interview with somebody and then like a few weeks later or a few months later they pop up on elevation or on dark and you're like oh hey like i love those guys <laughs> yeah no people like to think that like it's not doing anything but so far 12 people that were not signed to AEW that did AEW Dark are now fully signed. One of the first was, I believe, was uh, an old friend of mine, Will Hobbs. Uh, I used to film a lot of his stuff back in the day. I did an interview with him with my old podcast, and he just he became part of uh, AEW. And then also Aaron Solo as well, who's also from my area as well, who also got signed. Yeah, Will Hobbs is the man. I love watching Will Hobbs. Uh, you know, he's still like I just like the powerhouse style that he has. So he's definitely a lot of fun. And then. You know, another person that I really enjoyed like watching like make their way up and make you know, get a, get a job with them essentially was Sean Dean, like the captain himself. Like I think he was like over thirty six or something like that, and then like he signed on, like he he became all elite as like they would say. So it was definitely yeah, there's definitely a lot of faces that I love like seeing pop up because they're in there putting in the work and doing the things that they're supposed to do. And and at AEW they do reward those guys who do put in that work. So I definitely like you know very very big ups to them um another you know and you were, we're talking about other promotions and stuff like that like impact is tearing the house down right now like i know a lot of people probably don't watch if you guys get a chance to check them out on twitch go check them out on twitch um it's free it's, i mean that's like the best thing i could tell you but yeah impact is tearing down the house in fact um before the impact right bti um tjp and josh alexander had a iron man match uh chef's kiss it led right into impact it was so yep. cool and if you guys didn't get to check out, please go check out that match. I definitely, one of those matches that may or may not have made the power rankings. I'm not going to tell you where, but it was definitely cool. And I, 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 there's so much, and you're right. Like the indie scene is like starting to flourish again. Now that the pandemic is starting to release. Like I can see, I know for me, myself and, you know, a bunch of guys here on the show, like we're starting to get those bookings back and we're starting to get to get out there. So I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of these great talents like signed everywhere. And I can't wait to see where Lana goes lana is the one person that i'm very interested to see where she lands because 
she's such a unique talent. And I say that in a sense that she's a model, she's an influencer, she's a wrestler, she's a great manager. You know, if you need someone to put her or you need her to put somebody over, she will. She did it for mm-hmm. she did it for Dolph and she looked or not for Dolph, she did it for Miro, you know, uh Rusev. He, he she's just uh She's this ball of energy that just makes people want to watch. And I definitely, I can't wait to see where she lands. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I think the best choice, I mean, I, I know we literally, I just said this, so this is going to contradict what I said. I would love for her to go to AEW because I think it would be cool to have them as a pair, but to see them as like a different type of uh, like manager, wrestler, like unit instead of like the whole, like, because when they first started, it was the whole, uh, a Russian gimmick, even though uh, <laughs> even though Rusev at the time was or at the time, uh, Rusev was portraying as a Russian who was also from Bulgaria, so right. it was a little little weird, but I mean, I would love to see how they react differently That that's my big thing, I want to see what they can come up with together on a different company with some control in their you know, career It's funny man, because I remember watching when Rusev debuted in WWE, he was working a dark match with uh tj kid and uh wow. my buddy and i were sitting in a chair and we were like who's this guy and like they just beat the shit out of tj and i was like i don't know who he is but i kind of like what he's got and then like sure enough like a few years later here we are like talking about him like just yeah i remember just him just showing up and doing like the stomp and everything and i was like i have no idea who this guy is but yeah it was a it was great to see him uh debut and now to see him as a tnt champion and maybe he'll get a mouthpiece. He doesn't really need one now because he's obviously showing that he can cut great promos by himself. Um, but to have the add-on with Lana would be kind of cool as well. I just, I'm very curious because like the bigger problem too is that we have so much released talent from WWE that everybody wants them to go to AEW or to Impact or to ROH or to MLW. And some of those promotions just aren't going to be able to take them on because one, they might be asking for high price, but two, the other problem is they have a full roster as well. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, kind of a nightmare. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a, definitely going to be a crazy time. Once everything starts picking up like a hundred percent. Wow. I, I can't wait to see where everyone's going to go or to see where some people are not going to go. Cause even previous releases, sometimes you just, after someone just gets released from WWE, sometimes we don't see them anymore that right. much. They just disappear. Um. That's unfortunate, but again, that's uh, that's how wrestling is. It's a it's a business, and you gotta find a way to make money or just do something else. Yeah, yeah. And the, the weird thing too, man, is like we're legit talking about these six releases that happened, but we still we're still not even finished talking about like the iconics are still like, not signed yet because obviously like the the ninety day no complete clause. But it's like, damn, dude, like. There's so much talent to WWE was just like, we don't know what to do with you. We got to go. You got to go. And I'm like, why? Why is that a thing? <laughs> like, Why did you guys keep these guys for so long? And then it was just like, nah, bottom line, we got to fix this. But it is what it is at that point. So we're going to kind of try to keep this moving. We're going to go jump into our second debate topic. Really, it's nothing special. It is everything special because this was about double or nothing. So we're going to talk about uh, the show itself and just kind of like overall thoughts. Like, I don't know. Were you able to check out double or nothing? Oh yeah, no, definitely. I even, uh, I'm not going to lie. The first, <laughs> the first hour I was, uh, I was driving well, somewhat watching it. So I was like driving while glancing at matches and so bad. Don't do that guys. Uh, I mean, unless you need to, um, <laughs> but don't do it at all. Um, it was, 
honestly i liked it it was cool seeing like a full crowd uh it's a, it's a little uh it's a little i got a little anxiety just looking at that everyone packed in there uh but i mean it's it's florida florida does not believe uh doesn't think that covid exists at all but yeah. i mean that's on that's on them but i mean it looks like it was a good time and um i honestly i loved it if it, it felt nice to watch a, a like a crowd in a pay-per-view uh show especially for AEW. Right. Well, you know what? It was funny because, like, the first thing I was like, man, check out that packed house. And one of my friends was like, and all the cases of COVID, that's going to happen. <laughs> it's like, come yeah. on, man. Let's just try to enjoy the show. Like, yeah, that's that could happen. It could be a thing. But let's just try to enjoy the show, man. Because, like, right now, Serena Deeb and Riho are tearing down the house in a buy-in match. And I was all about this match. I was like, dang, this is, this is great. I was like, even the buy-in match had me all bought in, but I will agree. I will, uh, something that Chaz was talking about, um, by the end of the show, like you could tell the crowd was just burned out. Like they were trying to stay in it because, you know, it's the first event, it's wrestling, they get to see it firsthand, but you could tell like that crowd was dying out. And I was like, yeah, because there was probably a lot of high spots that people were just cheering about. And at the end, you're just kind of like, can't keep going. <laughs> also, but we have to remember, there is one factor that could really burn out a crowd. They're in Florida. It was probably hot as hell. And I'll even admit, I went I went to WrestleMania 31 and it was hot. I, I want to say like you're I, I could feel my 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 chest burning, my my legs were burning. Like it, it can really kill you. Like it can really just like wear out your entire like enthusiasm for an event. So I mean that probably played into it a little bit. So I don't know if that ended up doing that as well. Yeah. And I mean, like, but when you have like, um, get definitely temp, definitely heat, heat exhaustion is real. Uh, I think, yeah. I think another part too would have been like the fact that you had Brit, you had Sting, you had Kenny, and then you had the, um, the, uh, the, the Stam Stampede all back to back to back to back. And like, I mean, at that, those, those four matches alone, right like tore up the crowd because like here's Britt winning her first championship and like oh yeah by the way, spoilers for you guys who didn't watch double or nothing and watch you know dynamite i don't know anyway um <laughs> but you know so Britt wins the championship right and like the crowd's hot for that right and then you have you know sting and there's that whole spot where sting dives off and into uh into scorpio sky and ethan page right and then you go into and i'm only picking moments out um Obviously, Orange Cassidy looking like he has the pin and the crowd's going apeshit because they're ready. And then, you know, Don Callis pulls out the ref and then the, the roll up from Kenny to Orange Cassidy. Uh, then you're like, oh, and then you have the stampede where you have, you know, Sammy Guevara come out of the, like out of the back with Sean Spears. He hits the 630 and like the crowd goes crazy, you know. And so like you just think like that's a lot of energy that you have to continually put out and you're just like hyped with the, you're hyped with it. Cause you know, something that um, had Chad, Chad had brought up was rearranging the matches, right. So that you could, you could bring the crowd down so that they're okay for when you have those, the, the title matches happen. I was like, cause if Sting and Darby Allen and Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky was supposed to be like that, Hey, we're going to bring you down match. Uh, it missed in a good way. <laughs> cause that match was so good all around yeah no definitely um like uh i'll use i mean i don't know if this is the best example but i i had to 
I went to an event for uh, Championship Wrestling in Hollywood, and it's a it's a very pre-taped uh, studio wrestling, and they do a lot of stuff where they do commercials in the beginning. They kind of get the crowd to do commercial stuff. They get them to do promotional stuff, anything like that. So what they'll do is they'll tell them like, oh, once we start cutting a, the the commercial and everything, we need you guys to cheer for a minute straight, like constantly at that same level doing that for a minute is exhausting so i told i totally understand how easy it is to like really exhaust people like that but uh, i mean overall the event was really good i did love that triple threat match honestly i'm i'm a very like unique wrestling fan i love a lot of like gimmicks and comedy in my wrestling like a lot of people find me a little crazy that like some of my favorite wrestlers are not like you know drew mcintyre or like bobby lashley it's like oh my favorite wrestlers are orange cassidy yano and and dan Housen. so it's like it's always funny but like i legit during that um triple threat match i legit felt like i'm i'm not one for marking out but like i legit thought orange cassidy could have won this match like i like legit believed like it was gonna happen like i almost fell out of my seat a little bit well, like he cut that promo like at uh at Dynamite, and you know, because like at first I was like, yeah, he's not gonna win. I was like, eh, it's cool. Kenny's gonna retain. It is what it is. I was like, you know, I thought I thought Pack was gonna take the fall, but it was like Orange Orange cut his promo where he was talking about I'm the man who beat Chris Jericho twice, and like he was going mm-hmm. to his accomplishments. And I was like, you know what's crazy is I kind of believe Orange Cassidy's gonna win. Like I wanted to go for it. I was like, I, I gotta think. Cause like we do, we do, um, if I had the pencil, right. So it's our prediction game. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I low key was like, yo, I kind of think orange cats going to win this. And I was like, I got to think with my head though. I, was like, I can't think of my heart. I was like, I got to go with Kenny for this. But part of me wants to really see orange Cassidy win because he was right. Like, yo, you did all these things. You've done all these things. You've like beaten certain play some, some big players in the game. I was like, I really was like, yeah, I kind of think he's going to win. And you know, it, it was what it was, but I definitely, I, the ride left me to believe like, like, just like you said, like, I, I like, I think he's going to win. Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I legit did. I thought I was like, Oh, he's there to, he's there to take the pin. And then like, I didn't think too much of it. And I was like, during the match, I was like, Oh shit. I was like, this is going to happen. I was like, people are either going to lose their minds like me or people are literally going to lose their shit and not be happy about this. Cause of just, it's just based on how he is. Like a lot of people don't take him that seriously. Like he's there just for the entertainment purpose, not the, I guess, great wrestling, which is weird because he is an incredible wrestler. Like I, it's, but it was, it was a really good match. That was like my match of uh match of the night for, for me. Uh, and then the stadium stampede was really good as well. I, I like gimmick matches, so Stadium Stampede was definitely one of my favorites. And I kind of knew just because I think they, when they did the whole Stadium Stampede thing, they were thinking it was going to be like, oh, we could just do it the same way as like last year. But then since we have a full crowd, it's like, oh, okay, well, we definitely cannot end this match on camera that's not in the ring in front of people. So I knew it was going to eventually end where it was going to end, but. Uh, I will admit the last part of it. I mean, I, I'm glad Sammy won. It, it uh, puts him over as like, you know, he's the future of that company. But I will admit it was a little weird that it randomly like became like just Sean Spears and Sammy in the ring. And then it just kept going and going to the point where like, I think we barely saw like Jericho and like uh, MJF in the crowd for like a second before they uh, 
Sammy and uh, Sean got into the ring. And then right when the pin ends, then everyone comes out. And I was just like, that's a little weird. I was like, I'd assume like randomly, like they'd start popping in like a, like an actual fight. Like it's supposed to be unpredictable, but it seemed a little weird that it was like, oh, no one's around. No one's around anymore. Like they even like kind of ignored a little bit of like once Sammy and Sean got into the ring, it's almost like they forgot about what was going on between MJF and Jericho. So that was just a little weird to me. But other than that, it was a great uh it was a great stadium stampede and i hope we can get more of those because again i i love those types of matches those are just so much fun i so i like the stadium stampede i think the only thing i don't like about it though and it's the same problem i have with wwe um it's like okay well this is our this is our gimmick match this is what we're going to do every year on this pay-per-view right so so far that's happened and i want to say it's going to be like that in the future but the stadium stampede definitely has been now done twice in Jacksonville, both on double or nothing. And it's kind of like, all right, so are we going to continue to do this thing every year? Because if so, then we're going to have to find a new way to build to this event. And it's going to have to be over a longer term booking, right? So we're talking like eight months worth of booking that you kind of like tease this point to where they get into a stadium stamp. Because when you, when you go back to like, you know, like Hell in a Cell, right? Whenever Hell in a Cell comes around, it's not because – two guys are such in a bad mood that they have to fight in a cell now. It's like, well, this is pay-per-view, so we have to put them in a the hell in a cell. Like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. And I, I think it would be even, uh, it would probably be even harder to do as well, like, just because they, they're so used to it being the stadium stampede match at um, at Daly's place. So it's like they have that kind of figured, they had that all figured out to do that match um so like to see them try to do it somewhere else i don't know if they could do it to be honest i i don't know if they could but uh we'll have to wait and see i guess but yeah i would it would definitely need a a long-term booking which is totally fine with me because that's what everyone does want is a little more long-term booking in our wrestling yeah and then like (laughs) it's funny though because like some people really don't see it's one thing i've noticed too like wrestling fan wise and i don't want to put all of our fans out there because it's not all fans just some fans but like you want long-term booking, but then you get mad about who's getting booked long-term. Like one of my favorite stories that was booked long-term that I don't think really people understood was that Adam Page legitimately bought a sit-down lawnmower that he's been talking about for almost a year. And then it happened. People were like, well, why do you buy a lawnmower? Like, well, if you're not paying attention why he bought the riding lawnmower, you kind of missed the story. <laughs> like, Oh man. I, I love that. I, I think for, um, I, I know we, we are talking about Adam page and the long-term booking. I feel like his long-term booking is still going on. Yeah. Like I still feel it. I feel like it's still, uh, I still feel like it's coming from when he lost, uh, his chance at becoming a, the AEW champion, the first ever AEW champion. And I think it's, it's building up still to maybe like in a good amount of time, he'll eventually uh, be on the top of the card and he'll eventually take that title. And honestly, they'll be able to, they'll be able to make a good, nice little uh, package of like the start to finish of how it all became, how he eventually became heavyweight champion. And I, I'm going to love that one day. I can't wait. So I'm going to catch a lot of heat for this and I'm not really worried about it. But when Adam, when Adam first showed up to AEW, I was like, yo, I'm kind of excited. I kind of want to see what he's about. And I watched him in that event that happened in the UK. Um, Russell talk was hosting mm-hmm. it. Um, and then like him and pack like had a match and then I saw him come back and he did double or nothing. And I was or not um, all out, all in, whatever, all out. And I was kind of like, I don't, 
I don't really, and I, I felt bad saying it, but I was like, I don't really see the big deal about Adam Page, right? And I, I wasn't with it, right? I was like, whatever, yeah. he's nothing really special to me. But then I saw my full, you know, full gear, and I was like, okay, whatever, it is what it is. And then I saw like he was doing like the kind of like shakiness, and I was like, well, wait a minute, I think this guy's kind of like. I had to pull myself back and I was like, Oh, he's kind of like doing like this misguided journey. And then like slowly I found myself like, you know what? I kind of like Adam page. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm a hangman page fan. Like he won me over just through all the stuff that he was doing. And he did this monologue on BTE. And I was like, I am a fan of Adam page now because of this. And uh, so, yeah, he's definitely, he, I, if he can win, like, I don't want to say if he wins someone like me, because that just makes it sound pretentious and that's not what I'm trying to do. But <laughs> if, if someone like me who was very skeptical about him at first has turned over a new leaf, I can only imagine how many more fans like he's brought on through this journey. And yeah, you're right. When him and Kenny like first clash or when they clash for that title, whatever at all out or full gear or revolution, wherever they, they end up like meeting, I definitely can't wait to see that match run back. Yeah, and I, 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 I guess there's there's already proof of uh, how over he is. Like I heard, like literally when they had the they were opening match with uh, Page and uh, Cage, like you could hear how excited people were to see to hear Hangman Page's like theme. Like they're he's over. People really like this guy, and yeah, no, I I went through the same roller coaster too. I was excited. Uh, like I liked Hangman Page uh, in Ring of Honor, and then he was doing his thing and everything, and then. He kind of started doing the whole drunk gimmick thing, and I was kind of like losing it a little bit. I was like losing faith. I was like, "Oh man, he's he's not going to do anything." But that I think they they did that on purpose. They wanted you to lose a little faith in him, so when you saw him start to do better, you'd like they'd pu- it pull you back in. And yes, it pulled me back in. So, um, yeah, I, I'm guaranteeing. I, I want to say within a year, within a year or so, uh, he'll be a heavyweight champion. I think it's going to be a huge pop during yeah. that pay per view. Oh yeah, wherever they're at, whenever that that moment happens, that state that that arena, the roof is going to explode because the crowd's going to be so loud about it, and yep. it's going to be that point where like, and it's going to happen. I get it, right? And I know it's it's coming, but I don't know how. I don't know if like everybody else would be ready to check it out. But he's going to kick out a one wing angel, and that's when fans are going to lose it. Like. Oof. You, oh my god you just said that you just said that and even like i almost popped and i'm like wait we're just doing this is just a scenario yeah <laughs> this, this, i felt yeah. it in my i felt it in my heart <laughs> yo like the most over like the most protective finisher of like wrestling and it's going to happen like it's the kick out has happened and people are gonna lose their mind and kenny kenny's gonna sell it too beautifully too i just can't wait and it, it'll happen and then, you know, Hangman wins the title and we're all going to just go ape shit about it. So I, I very can't wait for that moment. And another person that's like in there too, that's like, you know, like winning me over. Well, she's, she's already won me over. She won me over last year with her match with Sheeta was Britt Baker. And um, that match that she had in Atlanta when they had all the sets closed down and they were just like in the makeshift area um, that that match that she had with Sheeta where she got her nose broken. I was like, yo, I'm a fan of Brit because of this. And then since that moment, like I've advocated, I've like fought tooth and nail and telling all the guys too, like, yo dude, like she is, she is, in, she's enigmatic. She's an enigmatic. Enigmatic is not the right word. She's, she's a firecracker. She's the lightning in a bottle. And like to watch her explode on the scene 
And like to the point where we're all like, we want Brit to win the title. And we like Sheeta, but we want Brit to have the title. Like it was just massive, man, to see like that play out. I definitely have a lot of respect for her. And like she was the first female to be signed to AEW. But the thing is, I uh, yeah, like the whole uh, her being a face just was not working that like it died out really quick and then they did something that no one expected. Like, were we really going to expect <laughs> the doctor slash wrestler gimmick to be like a heel thing? Like it, it became a thing and she made it work. And honestly, it, it got her ass over and it got to the point where people just wanted to see her like succeed. And she did. And honestly, she is super fucking entertaining, but yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for her. She does love this business. Like I know, like, I think, um, IWA on their Twitter page posted like a picture of her literally like sweeping up like around the ring like she was into it and this is during the time that she was still going to school to become like a full-on dentist and she still does that too so she's she's dedicated she loves what she does that she's willing to like sacrifice time and sleep in order to like do what she loves which is wrestling it it's funny too because like I remember hearing her talk about like before the pandemic happened, right, and watching her go on tour and stuff, she would talk about how, like, she would go, she'd get on the very latest flight that she could to wherever she's supposed to go to, and she'd go there, she'd work, she'd work with the guys and stuff, so all day Wednesday, her, her place was closed, um, her practice, and then yeah. she would get on the first red eye that she could back to Jacksonville, fly to Jacksonville, get some sleep, get up, open her, open her place up at, like, 10 a.m., and then get to work. And then she'd be at work for the whole day, whole day, shut it down, go work out, come home. And then her, her and her boyfriend will remain nameless. Will, uh, you know, they would just hang out. (laughs) (laughs) They would hang out and then they would, you know, and the next day she'd go back to doing, and it's just cool to see, like, you know, it's, I'm glad that she didn't like, and it sounds rude when I say like this, I'm glad she didn't sign to WWE. I'm glad that WWE kind of told her like, Hey, we want you, you know, one person. And it was like, we don't want you to stop doing what you're doing. Go be a dentist. And then I'm glad that she was able to make a career out of both jobs. So, um, you know, big ups to her and, and the dedication that she puts in for the business. You're right. It's, it's amazing to see. Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly a big fan of the, the W uh, the AEW product of how it is like the whole, uh, like even in the beginning, cause I knew it was like, Oh, they're not doing live stuff yet. I don't know if they're ever going to, or when they're going to, but right now they have a really good set schedule of just doing something once a week. Plus uh, the quarterly events, not the monthly events. Cause sometimes, man, it, it brings me back to like, even a couple of years ago when I want to say it was like 2016, there was like two WWE paper uh, views a month. That was exhausting. So like be able to have like four specific events, for a, a company like uh like AEW with all out full gear um revolution you know um I what's the what's the other double or nothing <laughs> the other double or nothing yeah sorry wow that <laughs> the thing we've literally were talking about but uh it, it feels good to have like those events and know that it's like oh they're you know they're setting up for like this is what we're gonna have next in September cool it gives me time to like see what they're going to develop it, it allows them months to start developing for that pay-per-view instead of like oh we have a pay-per-view literally in two and a half weeks uh, let's just start throwing stuff around but you know I, I really i really like that a lot so that's like one of my favorite things about that company so far 
Yeah, and I love the fact that they're able to, like, throw you for, like, you know, because they have, like, the special special events that go on. Like, you're going to have Fight for the Fallen. You're going to have the, um, I, I, I don't know if they're going to call it Bash at the Beach because, obviously, they can't use that name right now. <laughs> so, uh, <Yeah. laughs> Clash Clash at the Sunrise. I don't know. We'll call it something different. But, they're gonna, you know, you're going to have all these other, like, matches that are going to happen. And, plus, Blood and Guts will also be a thing that they'll be doing, like, annually mm-hmm. as well. So, you're going to get all these cool events that happen. And I'm very much for it. Like, I love like the cool like one-offs events, and then you're gonna have like the big pay-per-view. So I'm very much agreeance with you about it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. some companies decide that they want to run like pay-per-views every month, and you're just at that point, you're just kind of like, all right, who lost last month? Oh, Cesaro. Okay, yeah. So we'll just put um, just take Cesaro out, and we'll just insert this person, right? Because like, I kind of feel like, in not not to knock SmackDown, because SmackDown is just slaying it, right? But Roman Reigns just beat up Rey Mysterio on SmackDown. So is Rey Mysterio not going to go for the title on Hell at Hell in the Cell? Like, will it be him or will it be Jimmy? Like, what are we doing? Like, why is it that you're having these two individuals? But I, I will admit, I did like the tease between Seth Rollins and Roman, like when they like squared up. I did kind of like that. But obviously, I was like, we've seen that match numerous times. Like, it's it's no, we need some different faces. I. Not, not that I would say it like this, but I'd love to see Montez Ford get pushed for a singles run against Roman or, you know, just get other faces in there so that people can see like, hey, there's a lot of other talent that can actually work. But, you know, back to AEW, I yeah, the four pay-per-view cycle works and you could tell great stories within that time. And you could tell fun little short stories at the same time. So I feel like their method is working and it's going to keep drawing more and more viewers. It just sucks right now that they're on Friday nights until you know in for the next couple of weeks and they'll be back on wednesdays mm-hmm. yeah um but you know i know it's um also the whole once a week schedule for AEW. it allows the wrestlers to either do something else or if not they could just work once a week and it allows us to not see them tired because i've i've gone to to pay-per-views i've uh for wwe i've gone to like raws smackdowns I've gone to live events. And the thing is too, I can, I hate saying it like this. I could tell that like with that type of hard, heavy five day, 60 day a week schedule, you can tell when certain people are doing certain moves and doing certain spots, like during certain matches where you're like, okay, I can tell they're not going full on this stuff because the thing is they're probably wrecked from doing all of these live events. Cause I've seen live events with like, uh, I think I saw like a main event with um, it was like a hardcore match, Cena versus Kane in 2014, and I could tell there's certain spots they're doing where they're kind of trying to do a lot of resting holds, and like I could tell it's like, dude, you guys have been on tour like this whole time. I can I get it. It's Friday. It's like it's Thursday. You guys are probably like on your fourth time doing this match. I was like, I get why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, it goes back to talk about, like, the European schedule. Like, the people talk about, like, the European schedule is the most brutal schedule for WWE because you're doing mm-hmm. literally, like, 16 shows in, like, 14 days. So, like, you're literally, like, going to t- city to city to city and then, like, God knows for everything else that happens behind behind the scenes because we've heard about horror stories that have happened with certain wrestlers breaking certain doors and, like, just, mm-hmm. you know, behind st- scuffles that happen. Like, and it's it sucks well, you're right. I was like doing the same spot over and over and over again in front of a different crowd. Although like sometimes you want to do a full board, it is sometimes like you could definitely tell when you it's time to phone it in because <laughs> I'm like, 
because I have and like just myself, like I I'm not I'm not I can't be one to complain, but I'll be honest, man. Like once a week, like twice a week when I go and train and stuff like that, like I don't I want I don't want to do every single bump that we go through. I'm just like, can we just like skip these ones for this week? <laughs> and everybody's like, no. I'm like, all right, let's go get it done. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no, it's a, it definitely is an exhausting thing, especially like when you're having you know WWE superstars doing it like well before the pandemic you were doing they were doing at least five times out of the out of the week and like one of your days was not you resting it was you trying to get home and then come back the next day to do another round of events like it's it's exhausting it really it you could tell it's exhausting whether you you wrestle or not you could see it is it's it's mental and physical big time oh yeah the travel travel is ridiculous you fly in they tell you what the loop is and you got to go hit three cities and then you're trying to get back home so that you can rest. That's why I, was, I, I, I give this guy so much love because I'm just like, wow, man, like you guys were literally like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you rest Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're on tour, back back doing Thursday, Fridays. And I'm just like, man, like that is a lot of bumping that I'm just like, you know what? I don't I don't really want to do all that. <laughs> yeah. And I'll even admit from my, my perspective, I used to play music in like a metal band from 2010 to 2016 and we did like a five-week tour there were certain times i was like i'd be in evansville indiana and i'm like i'm not going out as hard as i want to right now because i don't think i can right now (laughs) it's like all right man look we're gonna play these songs i'm gonna do some stuff to get the crowd kind of hype i'm just gonna keep it low-key though Yeah, you give me you give me the first night of the of the tour, I'll I'll go all out. You give me at the eighth, I'll I probably won't be as as good compared to what I was at the first day. <laughs> right. Yo, I feel that I feel that a bunch. Um, so with that, let's just jump into our next section, right? So the next thing that we're talking about is temp check, as Chaz likes to say. We talk about one wrestler that we think is coming up, like as far as like heat wise. Or we can spin this the other way. You can find talk about some wrestler that's kind of cooling off. Um, I think for me, my wrestler that you got to talk about, right, uh, Miro. I mean, I don't think there's anybody like, like on the for real. Like he's just a fire right now. He's just burning and just kind of scorching everybody, man. Ever since he won the TNT title, you know, uh, the matches that he had last couple times and then his promos like just ignite that i i believe this miro is what rusev was prior to uh well even up to wrestlemania with the tank so i mean i feel like this is kind of like a better version of that because he's like obviously more fit he's got he you know he just has a better handle on who he is and i just feel like this version of miro is not one that we've seen but he's just the sky's the limit for this guy man like god bless like when he goes to challenge for the AEW title, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think he's, wow, he is he is everything that I wanted him to be in WWE plus more. Like, even sometimes I'll, I'll watch him and I'm, I'm intimidated of him and I'm just watching him on a TV screen. Like, I'm just like, I'm standing back on my couch just being like, this dude is massive and scary. But I'm, I'm so glad, like, the success he's having so far in AEW. And I just, I, I expect him to do nothing but just keep going and just going up the ranking as a, as a, as a great performer. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. Um, do you have a wrestler or are you just going to stick with Miro? Um, 
I actually do want to go with, uh, I'm going to go more independent because that's one of the main things I, I keep up on. Um, I will say there is a wrestler. There's a, two wrestlers right now, I want to say, are just like popping up on the independent scene and just like they're blowing up. And the thing is, they're so young. They are so young. I'm talking about they're between the ages of 18, barely 18 and 21. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is a, is a man by the name of Starboy Charlie. This guy is from the... Uh, pacifica california i've seen him wrestle i remember seeing him wrestle when he was like 15 and he was good at 15 now that he's 18 doing a lot of stuff he's going out to the midwest he's going out to the east coast he's doing a lot of gcw stuff um and uh i think he has a i think as we're speaking right now he has a match uh in gcw right now i don't know where it is exactly but he's going against uh chris dickinson right now and that's that's a tough dude to go against but um and he's only 18. Like it, it's crazy to think how young he is and how good he is at 18 and to know how much experience he's had because he started wrestling when he was 11. Oh, wow. And you could tell you, and he's gotten bigger too. Like I used to think of him as just this scrawny little guy who could fucking go. Now he's like, he's built himself up more. He's put more muscle on him, put more weight on him. He's, he looks legit. And I, I, I haven't seen a bad match from him ever. And then another one I want to also give up is uh, another guy from a, he's living out in LA right now. He's a, his name is Jack Cartwheel. Th- this guy is literally, he grew up as a, as a gymnast. Like he started uh, gymnastics at the, I believe the age of eight. Last time I talked to him, he was, he told me it was like eight years old. He was doing gymnastics. The dude is built like a gymnast and he like just saw, I love wrestling. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to incorporate a lot of my gymnastics and he's quick. He is really quick. Like there, I, I'm telling you, you you blink, you're gonna miss one of his spots. But um, he he is definitely blowing up. And one of the things that's really helping out his career for me is um, he is doing a lot of stuff in LA with L- the Lucha Libre scene. So it's really helping out a lot of his his high spots, his his fast pace, his hard hitting. And I honestly, um, I know some people aren't going to take the the cartwheel last name seriously because it's uh, he uh, for championship wrestling in Hollywood. He goes through as uh, Jack Cartwright, which is his real name. But I think no matter what, whatever name he goes with, Cartwright, Cartwheel, uh, you're definitely going to want to keep your eyes on him because he is he is so much fun to watch in the ring. And I, I promise anyone who hasn't seen him, go just look up Jack Cartwheel and you'll see how much great matches he's had. Bad. So there we go, man. That's temp check for us, you know. And I'm glad you're talking about the indie scene because I know, like, for us normally we talk about like we do talk a lot about like the bigger promotions. I know. I think last the last episode that we did, um, I had brought up Casey Navarro because I was like, you know, even though he was just on AEW, I just saw him in another promotion and he worked really well there. Um, and he, you know, there's like so many great up and coming wrestlers. That I think people aren't preview previewed to see yet. Like they haven't seen them yet in the when they pop up, people are going to be like, oh, that guy, that person right there is really, really good. Like another person I'll throw out, uh, Manny Smith, um, if you guys don't know, he's actually working tapings currently with uh, Impact, but he was on AEW Dark. Um, before that, he was a part of Devotion Championship Wrestling out in Utah. Uh, just a solid worker and just a great dude to watch. He's been in the business for about nine years now, and he's starting to get all the kudos that like we're going to be giving to him, you know, and he's just tearing up the scene. Another person that I want to bring up is Rekha. Um, that uh, she's, she's a nightmare too. Gosh, she's incredible. And she's so good. She keeps coming back on AW dark. They love her. They love her character. They love the way that she presents herself. She's only been in the business for two years, but she is just tearing it up. And I'm like, yeah, that's, 
that's the person to be watching too. So I could definitely appreciate like good indie names that are being called out. Yeah, it definitely makes me happy when I see like how good the wrestlers on the independent scene are right now. It just makes me happy for the future. It makes me very happy for the future. And I, I honestly, the people we're talking about, I, I can definitely see within a couple of years, uh, they'll be up there. And it's great because once they eventually go up there, a new crop of guys and girls will come in and do the same exact thing. That's what's so great about it. No matter what, no matter how many years go by, people, there will always be someone new to to talk about. And I, I love it. That's what's so great about wrestling. Yeah, it is. That's what. Okay, so I'm glad that we're talking about this, right? Because a lot of people will be like, well, the indie scene is dying anyway. I'm like, how? I was like, if you're not paying attention, like just here on the East Coast, like there's a bunch of wrestlers that people haven't paid attention to. And I can only imagine on the West Coast it's about the same thing because like there's just wrestlers that people haven't heard of over here on the East Coast. Like, but every time you start seeing people get get called up like to WWE, and I say called up, that's not fair. But every time you see someone signed to WWE or AEW or Impact or even um ROH, right? Like the names are massive. Like, but then like, yeah, sure, they get pulled out of the NDC and they get signed into these major, these major companies. But when you see them come back or you see the next group of guys coming in or group of wrestlers sorry they tear it up like they continue yeah. to tear it up like i i sit, i'm like watching um there's a few guys uh black storm that's out of here um he's actually gonna be on our show here soon uh matt vertigo you know just a couple names that i'm just gonna throw out really quick and then you know there's other guys that are hidden gems that people just haven't seen yet and i'm like you guys should really be paying attention I, i'm i and everybody who's part of the show know pure ignorance right like they're on the rise uh and those are just on that's just in the mid-atlantic we're not even talking up and down the east coast right so we're not even talking about like waves yeah. and curls who are like tearing up and i talk about groups like prolific who haven't been checked out yet when i talk about um and i talk about darius carter who like he is a the hand man talk about beast man who's another person that's just out here on the east coast who's moving his way out to the midwest and the and the south like these are all great talents like people haven't seen them yet but trust me when they get plucked out of the NDC and get put into those bigger companies, you're going to be like, oh, wow. And then another group of people are going to come into the NDC and they're going to fill that up too. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Again, people, yeah, people do sometimes say that the independent scene is that, well, I'm, I'm totally unaware of that because literally this whole month in June, I'm film. I've already filmed uh, last night for a promotion out here in the uh, upper uh, North, uh, North Bay area area. And I already have, I have to go to Vegas uh, next week to go shoot uh, a Brian cage match for another promotion. The following week I have to go to, well, actually I'll have to be in my hometown to do a, another wrestling event as well. And then literally the next night after that, I, I literally have a total of five events that I'm just filming just in Northern California and then Vegas. So, I mean, people could say the independent scene is dead. Um, I'm totally unaware of that because I'm busy working in the independent scene. <laughs> <laughs> and that's awesome though man that's great that you're you're able to unfortunately like some of these bigger promotions man like they're i don't want to say i don't say all bigger promotions maybe one has a show that's not really doing well which is what's going to lead us into our third debate topic see segue that's what we do here we try to make those <laughs> i shows. love that good one <laughs> yeah so let's talk about let's talk about it right so monday night raw um they just had their whole incident or i don't say incident but they just had their latest ratings come out and the third hour was at 1.1 million right so it's a huge loss of numbers and we're talking about a show that you know back in the 90s like 
it was unheard of to have like a million viewers watching a show, right? Because once they bumped up to two hours, we're talking there, you know, somewhere between like eight, nine, up into like the 10 million every Monday and slowly we've been seeing that dwindle down. And so now we're down to the million, million mark. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago, right after WrestleMania, because that is a caveat, uh, we had the first hour was at like 2.2 mil, second hour was at 2.0, third one was like 1.6, right? And now we're looking here at, uh, now we're looking at this third hour now and at 1.1. And so like, what, what do you think it is that's causing Raw's ratings to fall? <clears throat> Finally, I've been wanting to talk about this one. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm going to be as honest about this. The reason that these ratings are falling so drastically is because this, this Raw has been around for what? 25 plus years. It was their A show. I don't think it is. In, in their eyes, it is not. Like, not just from the fan perspective, people go, well, SmackDown's way better because of this and this and this. Yeah, it's better because they're looking at it from a business perspective. And the thing is, I can guarantee you that Fox contract is huge compared to the Raw contract that they probably had because they've been with USA for so long, except for those couple of years where they were on Spike TV. But still, um, it's they just they don't care about it as much i mean they're already doing stuff with because i believe usa network is owned by universal which is nbc they're already doing stuff with nbc and making money with them as already so i mean i don't think it's their priority anymore that's why they don't care about it as much they're more worried about how to get smackdown to a wider audience and the thing is too i mean um it's the reason why they put bad bunny on raw is because they knew that you know, a mega star singer or rapper, they were able to put him on there and make money off of that. So they were fine with that. So I don't, I just don't think that raw is their priority anymore. They just, they, they let it coast. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. It seems like there's like a lot of phone in. I think another thing is too, is that what, like what raw was like, cause I remember at the time SmackDown was like the work rate show. Right. So you would watch SmackDown because you want to see the SmackDown six, like tear down the house, right. You're watching Ray and Eddie, or you're watching edge Batista. You're watching all these great wrestlers, like go into it. And just like, you're watching great wrestling between like six great individuals, plus some other talent that gets thrown in there every once in a while. And raw was like the entertainment show, right. It was a show that had like these big, larger life characters, the rock, you had Austin, you had, um taker you have kane you have mick foley you have dx like all on the show and you watch those shows because you're like i like the big characters but it just seems like raw it doesn't have that big character that it can gravitate to right like drew is a great worker right and he's a great work he is a great work rate like he can do pretty much everything right um but really post that man like who who really is there like who's really you're trying to watch right Miz and Morrison, right? Miz is out now, right? Morrison's still around, but Miz is out. This just is very different. And you're trying to like, you're not really building up new stars either. You're just kind of like, well, we'll just ride out. RK Bro is like probably one of the coolest things that has come on Raw. And it's taken a while for them to get there. And I'm just kind of yeah. like, what are, what are we going to do? Like, when do we give, um, when do we get some new faces that we can get behind like new characters? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Also, a uh, shout out to uh, RK Bro. They have a really cool T-shirt on the shop. It's a, it's a, it's a snake riding a scooter, and I don't know why that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm not gonna buy it. Maybe I will. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, like the one thing that also hurts is like you know that we did this whole women's evolution thing, and I feel like with Raw, they're just like 
they're just like kind of throwing them out there and just like even with the whole uh nikki cross thing i just think it's a it's an extremely lazy way to throw her into that match it's like she's gonna be in a triple threat match for the women's title because they couldn't beat her because she she beat Rhea in a match where she had to beat her in less than two minutes like two minutes is nothing like two minutes is like the amount of how much women's matches were before this evolution so it's just it's it's bad it's really bad booking and i'm really disappointed in seeing how far that women's division has dropped yeah it's it's sad too because like you have you have all this great talent in there right between oscar charlotte you have uh you have nikki cross there now uh ria like you have all this talent that you can build around and as like an NXT does, and and if, I say this because WWE, right? We you can't say like NXT is not the same as Raw and SmackDown. It is. It's all part of WWE, and NXT does like this phenomenal job with their women, right? And SmackDown, mm, kind of hit or miss. Kind of depends on where you're looking. Uh, can can tear the house down. But when you have Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, and you have Alexa Bliss, and you have name after name after name on this list, and you're really not doing anything to build the women's division up. It, that's one That's one minor problem to the bigger problem that you have, which is that you have no other characters to build a show around. Like, when we loved Raw, right, it was because you had guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin was leading the charge. Undertaker was there on the charge. You had John Cena leading the way, right? Like, you had a show built around guys. And I don't think WWE currently has that guy that they can build the show around. Like, I will be real and I will be biased. I think Keith Lee was that dude. And like now Keith Lee's not on the show and you're kind of like, well, I don't know what's going on. Bobby Lashley's here. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Bobby's not Keith. Like Keith has this unique promo style. He's this, got this great work rate. If you saw his stuff on NXT, if you see his stuff in the indies, you know what this guy can do. Like you paid to see this guy because he's a larger than life character and he has this larger than life personality that I, people will gravitate to. When those arenas get filled back up and you start seeing crowds like hover like back, like in, until we find out whether Keith Lee gets cut or not, because I know that it's a big rumor. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's just a name that you can draw through. Like, you know, like let, let Keith be that guy. He will guy, he will lead if you just let him. Yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try and lo- I, I love Keith Lee, by the way. I, I, I think he's great. He was killer on the independent scene uh but the thing is i'm gonna try and look from it from a casual like wwe fan who watches raw watches smackdown that's it um i will say i i keep i would keep track of a lot of his matches uh when he got to that uh to raw and i will admit it's hard to get behind him sometimes because the thing is yes he is a larger than life character but the thing is uh, a lot of the times during his matches on raw it was a he either lost via disqualification. He either won via disqualification. He either won this match because some interference. He either lost this match because of some interference. There wasn't too many times I would see him on Raw winning like a clean match against someone big. It, it happened a couple times, but not a lot. So it is. It's a little hard to get in. I want to be able to see this guy that I like so much dominate, and I want to see him talk. I want to see him you know say some stuff like because that's what was made him so fun like i love hearing him talk he has a very unique way of talking it's smooth it's mm-hmm. smooth like butter and you just like you listen to everything because it's like no one else talks like him like you don't expect that big 300 pound guy to talk so smooth and elegant like it's it's like 
people will listen just give him him a chance please yeah yeah and i and to go like he hit his debut match at SummerSlam against R- Randy and beat Randy Orton clean in the middle of the ring. And Randy, to be real, Randy won't do that for just anybody. And we know, we know that there's been a history of things where Randy won't do certain things for certain wrestlers. Like he, he'll phone it in if he has to. But this was a match where like you could tell like Randy was like, I'm going to bump for you. I'm going to do all the things that you want to do. I'm going to help you get over and like he was, and then the next thing we did, we just kind of like Keith had nothing after that. And I was like, you got to build on that, right? And like when I think of like other characters, like there's, and to me, when I look at WWE, like on Raw at least, there's not a character that I can gravitate to. Like there's not a person that I can legit be like, you know what? Let's go see what he does. Because let's be real, like the other person that you could you could potentially say the show would evolve around would be like the Fiend, right? But Bray Wyatt's not there right now because of some issues that he's having and, you know, Godspeed to you. And I hope that you you find your way back. Um, But like, if you look at SmackDown, the reason why SmackDown is, and I'm going to say SmackDown is doing well. I mean, I know that they wanted to do like 4 million viewers for Fox, but obviously, you know, 2.8, 2.9, that's still a lot of people to watch on a Friday night is Roman. Like Roman is a great character. This, you know, acknowledge the chief the head of the table like that whole thing like i get behind because i'm like you know what i kind of feel where he's coming from and like i like that character but if i look back at raw there's not a character there like no one's there like who's bobby lashley right bobby the almighty bobby lashley right he essentially is what roman is (laughs) just on raw and i'm like you know what bro like i i like you I like you. I like Bobby Lashley because I love Bobby Lashley when he was in at Bellator and when he fought uh, in, mm-hmm. in mixed martial arts. But this character, I'm like, all right, man, like I really, I really want to get behind you. I really do, but you got to give me something to get behind. Yeah, no, I feel like with with Bobby, like I, I do like Bobby. I, I loved him in uh, in TNA when he have every, when he had every single title just wrapped around his entire body. Kind of like what Kenny's doing, but at the same time, I just think uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm not I'm not feeling it anymore. Like I feel like it's 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 gone downhill for me. And I think for me personally, I think he still needed the whole hurt business thing because I think the hurt business was one of the things that made you go, "Wow, I gotta go watch Raw" because like the hurt business is gonna be on there, and that was cool. And then the second that died out, now they're all being replaced with like a bunch of random women in dresses. Like it just uh, it's just it's sad. I just I hope the best for Monday Night Raw and I hope there's going to be someone out there maybe I don't know because um as you just said about the whole Randy Orton putting over Keith Lee maybe this is the whole RK bro is eventually going to lead to something where maybe uh they'll eventually not be a team in the future maybe in the months to come uh you know he'll turn on him and it'll be a thing where you know he puts over Riddle as like this great singles competitor and maybe he's the one to to you know be in that spot soon yeah and i think i i know that he's had a controversial past i really I, I do i do know that but i feel like randy is the perfect person right now to build the show around to help elevate future talent and i'm not saying like he has to get pinned by everybody just he's the guy that has great work rate that's gonna help get you to that next level and he's gonna make everybody look like a superstar 
Um, not well, maybe not everybody, because you know there was the whole gender thing, and it is what it is at that point. But you know, yeah. other other wrestlers like Keith, Matt. You know, we talk about those guys right there. Um, he he's put over other dudes. You know, the Fiend is also one of those guys that like Bray Wyatt wasn't the person I was thinking about. He's got the ability to to elevate those talents, and then when he puts on matches with uh, Kofi Kingston tearing down the house and I love their matches. I'm like, I love their chemistry that went together. So I know that's there. Xavier Woods is another person that his match last week with, uh, with Randy Orton was actually really fun to watch too. So I definitely will give a lot of props to that. So I think, I think Randy's kind of your key right there. Like you want to put some guys over, but then not like put them over Randall on Randy. Then yeah, yeah, just have them go with him. He'll elevate their, their, their level. And so will the, and uh, another name too, I'll throw out there too, is the Miz. The Miz will do it too. Like he's mm-hmm. really good at making other people look really, really good. So, you know, and he doesn't always have to lose. He wins, but the other guy gets over because guess what? He made them look like a million bucks, but he just came out with a win. So I have, I agree. Yeah, no, when, when it comes to like, uh, yeah, of course. Yes. Uh, the Miz. Yeah. When he puts people, it's great. But I think for some reason, when, when Randy puts over someone like, uh, puts someone over like uh say riddle or keith lee or even uh that feud that he was doing with bray wyatt trying to get over the whole fiend character uh you definitely pay attention because that's just something that you don't see very often from randy but he's he's like he's picking out the people that he likes it's pretty much the same idea uh with when um when Cena was doing the whole U.S. Open Challenge, like he was uh, in the whole feuds he was having, like he was there to later on in his career, and I'm glad Randy's doing it too. He's there to put over new talent. It was when, like, when Cena was doing that with Kevin Owens, he was doing that with uh, AJ Styles to show that AJ was like a legit, like the legit man in wrestling. Which man, AJ is like number one, like probably one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, but like it's just it's cool to see Randy doing that. And he just does it in a unique way where you like you really pay attention when he's like like the whole RK bro thing, like the fact that he's doing that with Matt Riddle, uh, it, it catches my eye. That's like the one thing I'll be like, okay, well, I'm gonna check out Raw a little because I wanna see what's going on with that. So it's it's definitely it means a lot when Randy is is working with someone. So the guys, the guys, we have a chat room and we're always talking in the chat room, and as soon as it's all the potential of Matt Riddle and Randy Orton together. I did call it RK bro. I was like, no, it's RK bro. I'm so high for this. And everybody's like, no, this is going to be awful. I was like, no, it's not. It's going to be amazing. Just watch. And I'm a, some of the guys have turned. They're like, all right, maybe you were right. And I was like, I know I was right. Cause I, I genuinely, there's only certain things that make me like hyped about watching an act. Right. And that's one of them. The other one that really, a bunch of my friends were like, this is never going to work. This is stupid. I'm like, they're all talking about Bray Wyatt when he was doing the Firefly Funhouse. I'm like, I don't get it. This is dumb. I'm not. I was like, no, no, no. Give it a few weeks. I promise you, you're going to turn over. And sure enough, everybody that was like, nah, it's terrible. They're like, I'm really intrigued by this. I was like, I know, because it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love those types of characters. And I, I, I really did like the Fiend stuff. Like it, it caught my attention with like, what the hell was this? And then it's it to me it's like a very like um who, who's a good analogy like it's like a it's like kind of like a Pee Wee Herman thing like it's like the whole fun house thing but like it's like one of my favorite movies is Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure it's it's obviously supposed to be this kids like this kid 
like childish character but like i think that movie is uh i think it's um directed by tim burton so a lot of like the certain things were like a little spooky a little weird a little like it, it's definitely unique and I, I i definitely love that character so i i do hope we eventually get bray to come back hopefully when when he's ready but uh that was another thing that kept me going with raw but unfortunately he's not there at the moment so rk bro is a great replacement and i could not be happier <laughs> Well, speaking of RK, bro, let's get into the second best segment of the Three Count Podcast. Psych, it's the best segment of the Three Count Podcast, and that is the Red Dogs Power Rankings. You guys know how it is. It's based on, really, I never, I've never really divulged this. Someone divulged this today, uh, for you guys who don't know. The way I rank these matches are based on how into I was the match, right, and how it made me feel at the time. So, a lot of people have been asking, like, how I rate these matches. That's how I rate them. So now you guys know, like, there's no love loss to it. It's just like if I wasn't into it, but I thought it was a good match, it's probably sitting at the 10 spot. So let's get into the Red Dog Power Rankings. And now that you know the secret, let's talk about our honorable mention. So our first honorable mention match of the night, I mentioned it right at the top of the show, is the Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston at Double or Nothing. It was a good match. It was a good match. But it's definitely, like I said, in my top 10. Yeah, no, that's obviously a that was a fun match, and I, I love seeing Kingston and uh and Moxley together, and also coming out to that wild thing uh theme song is just so cool. It is very cool. So getting into our next honorable mention, we do have uh we do five I do five honorable mention matches by the way I, I didn't mention that so I probably should. Mm-hmm. So our next honorable mention match is gonna be Randy Orton versus Xavier Woods at Raw, which we just talked about. Like you know, Randy is a killer talent and always helping elevate talent, but it was an amazing match too. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think uh, when it comes down to it, it's uh, it definitely shows you that, hey, uh, Xavier Woods is an incredible talent. Most people don't realize that people just thought he was like a guy who uh, who plays a really good trumpet slash also plays the bass. But he's actually a really good wrestler. And I love that. And, you know, he talked about how he developed an honor roll on uh, mm-hmm. Field of Power. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. that's actually really genius. And the fact that He's been able to run with that since he was like 14 years old. I was like, that's really cool. <laughs> I'm, not gonna I love it. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it. Y'all going to have to go listen to that episode. Uh, all right. So we're going to get into our next honorable mention match. It's going to be Serena D versus Riho. Uh, this was the buy-in match at Double or Nothing. Uh, I just thought this was a fire match all the way around. I didn't, I didn't have any problem with it. It's just that there's so many good wrestling matches that unfortunately this one wasn't going to make the top 10. Yeah, I think uh, it was a great match for the buy-in. Uh, I loved the outcome. I think Serena Deeb is just killing it as the NWA Women's Champion. And she she hits hard, but I also have to give it up for Riho being 90 pounds and taking those hits like nothing. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy how small she is, but how tough she is. Yeah, she eats a lot. And I know Chaz is probably sitting there right now watching it, just going... Ugh. The fact that we're mentioning Rio all together, but she's she's I, incredible. She's the only doll. She's the only AEW uh, wrestling figure that I have from them. <laughs> he would tell you that you wasted your money. Like I'm just gonna be honest. First he off, I waste I, I waste my money all the time on stupid shit, and I love <laughs> stupid shit. <laughs> so let's get into our next honorable mention match. This would be Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Like, this match didn't make it. I felt like this was, like, the best tag team match, honestly, in the whole – on the whole Double Nothing card. Um, but it is sitting there at the honorable mention of match. It – I'm honestly shocked at the match. I 
I'm shocked in a good way because the thing is we got to see that Sting can still go. Like it is scary. Like once you saw him jump off onto uh Sky and uh and Paige, you were like, you're scared for a second. I have my cat with me, sorry. <laughs> you're I'm scared for a se- I was scared for a second, but the fact that he landed and he got back up like it was no big deal. It was uh, it was definitely a good one. Like um uh, I'm very happy for Sting and I just hope the best for him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So our next honorable mention match is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Kofi Kingston on Monday Night Raw. This was the main event, and I have to be honest, man, this match was hard-hitting, and it definitely would have made the top 10 had uh, maybe another match didn't make this list. Because, yeah, the top 10, I feel like my top 10 for this week is pretty tough. (laughs) Yeah, but I I will admit with those two, like, obviously, like, uh, McIntyre is an incredible athlete, big, big guy, but he can move. Uh, and then you have Kofi, who's just all around good at almost everything he does. And then you just, you put those together and it's just, it's just, you, you make magic. It's, you know, it's the ice cream to your, to your cake. You put it together. It's the, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Their dynamic and their chemistry was on point. So yes, I definitely much agree. So let's get into number 10. This is the number 10 match, and this is the one that's really going to start blowing people's minds. Uh, Kushida versus Carmelo Hayes. So this was Carmelo's, uh, Carmelo Hayes' debut on NXT. Most of you guys would know him as Christian Casanova on the indie scene. Uh, he came in, and him and Shida tore, or him and Shida, Kushida tore the house down on NXT, and I felt like this match was definitely very much of needing to be in the top 10. Oh, man, it's just so good to watch, like – it's good to watch like wrestlers go from like starting off in the independent scene and then just growing into these incredible athletes that people need to see. And honestly, this is something that people who haven't seen it, go watch it, go get on Peacock. Or if you're not from the United States uh, on the WWE network and go, go watch it. It is so good, especially with Koshida as well. Like uh, I know he was floating around for the first couple of months uh, in NXT and it kind of scared me. I thought his career was just going to die out, but look where he is right now. He's doing great. Yep, he is. And like, and just the thing too, like to put over uh, Carmelo is that like, he just, he has this look and the look is just like, it's not one that we've seen in the business for a long time. And I know there's a bunch of those kids that are going to be coming through, right? So Ari Sterling is definitely one of those that looks really, really good on, on TV, but it's just Chris Casanova. He's just like this stack dude. He kind of looks like and I know a lot, this probably not going to be the best thing, person to compare him to, but you'll understand when I make it. He's like a mini version of like Scott Steiner, like talking like late 90s Scott Steiner, like he's just jacked. He's cut everywhere. His abs have abs, like his six pack abs each have a six pack inside of them. He's just very fit. And I thoroughly enjoy like watching his matches and he's super athletic. Yeah, it, it's always fun to see like a really big jack, or a, like someone who's like, I guess the word jacked, but he can move. Right. And that's something that you don't usually see. Like, yeah, it's like the early, like early 90s, like uh, Scott Steiner doing like freaking Hurricane Rana. You're like, that big guy shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> right. But he does it. <laughs> and the thing too is that like Christian Casanova, I think he's like 220, like maybe, maybe 220 ish. Like he's not a, he's not a, in the sense of WWE, he's not a large dude. He's just, he's just very fit and cut. He, yeah, just uh, I can't I can't stop praising him over. So we're gonna get to our number nine match. Uh, it is Miro versus Lance Archer at Double or Nothing. Again, Miro is on fire, lights out. I know this match didn't go long, um, and that's fine because that's what's supposed to happen. Unfortunately, because Miro is a super athlete and he just destroys people. 
And uh, he's the best man for a reason. So he gets this spot. Yeah, no, they're definitely great. I'm again, I'm super happy with how Miro is going. I'm, I'm happy that I got to see Lance Archer and I'm in a, in this type of match. They were, it was literally, they were just beating the hell out of each other to the point where they were throwing each other outside of the, the barricade onto people. Like it was, it, it was great. You know, big, big shout out to Lance Archer. Uh, I will, I know it sounds really weird to say it like this, but, uh, really intimidating guy when you meet him which i've had the chance to meet him but also what a sweetheart <laughs> he's gonna hate if he ever hears this but no it's what, what a nice dude but the dude will will wreck house if he needs to and when he does it was just all the time like oh you're blowing my cover kids kayfabe like keep it up i know if he doesn't watch i will <laughs> so we're gonna jump into our number eight match which i had mentioned this match earlier in the show right uh josh alexander versus tjp this was an iron man match um, it actually led right into Impact. So if you guys get a chance to go watch BTI before the Impact, it'll lead right into Impact. It was so cool, too, because it was all blue, right? The screens were all blue, and then you could just see them turn into red, and then here you are on Impact. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so it's Iron Man match. It was killer. TJP, again, Josh Alexander, like, they do nothing but tear the house down. So big ups to Josh Alexander for getting a win. And it was even kind of something cool that happened afterwards where TJP kind of, like, said to Josh, like, hey, like, uh, you know, I, I feel like we're destined to do this forever, but unfortunately he's like, we're not going to do this for a few more months. And that's for kind of, if people don't keep up with TJP on his, uh, IG or even on his Twitter page, he's, they got a baby <laughs> on the way. So, uh, yeah, but it's definitely a cool, it was definitely a great match and I definitely wanted to put it up, um, in a, in a matchup. So big ups to those guys. Yeah. What I really liked about that is I actually didn't even know about that match, until i went to watch impact on uh, impact plus and the match was literally it did it fell into impact wrestling and i was like what's this so i stopped it went to watch that match and i was like holy hell i was like how you want me to you uh, you want me to watch this incredible match and then try to keep my hopes up for everything else that's going on i was like it, it was incredible i love josh alexander I, the dude is just a master when it comes to his wrestling uh, skills and he's he's also he's he's super strong like i would I, I i love what he's doing and honestly i think there needs to be more eyes on him in the future oh i i've made it no secret that the x division i started so i left impact for a while i just stopped watching tna everything for a long long time mm-hmm. and uh, i recently got back into it last august because you know one of our friends on the show chris idol was like hey uh you guys need to really start watching impact again i was like all right but whatever so I gave it a shot and then I watched the following Tuesday and I was like, oh, wow, I was like, this is actually really good. And then like I found myself like badly attracted to the X Division, right? Because TJP was there. Chris Bay was there. Um, Josh Alexander was in there. You had Rohit Raju in there. You had and then like also all this uh, Ace Austin. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to leave you out. But like you saw all this great talent like in the X Division just start like putting on these incredible matches. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm attached to this. And then, like, you could take guys out, put guys in. El Phantasma was in there. Like, he was doing – he was just nasty, like, just fitting right in. And I'm just like, yo, there's, there's just so much great talent that comes out of the X Division. I'm like, this is my favorite division in all of wrestling, period. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, also, big shout-out to the homie uh, Chris Bay. Um, I've got to film a few of his matches before uh, out in Oakland and uh, also the South San Francisco area uh, a couple years back. But um, – I, I love that dude. He's honestly an incredible talent, and I, I hope he can uh, get that X Division title. I hope one day he'll be a heavyweight champion because he's just – he's cool. He is a cool dude. Like, 
in and out of the ring. Like when you see him like show up uh, to a match, like he just looks like the coolest guy that you just want to be like, that dude is, is definitely worth watching. He's a star. Facts. So we're going to move into number seven. That's going to be the Mysterios and Usos on SmackDown. Uh, and we're talking about match one, right? So match two was actually really good too, but it was not as good as the first match. The opener for SmackDown this last Friday was amazing. Um, and it's just, okay. I don't want to take anything from the Mysterios, right? Because I'm definitely super excited that this is the first father-son combos. Rey Mysterio, I've made it no secret, is my favorite wrestler of all time. But it's just something about the Usos <laughs> that I'm like, yo, they are by hands down, right? My favorite tag team currently, right? And if I was to say like of all time, I may have to put them like number three, number four, because I just feel like, when they work solos, they do incredible, right? And they're both gifted on the mic. But when they work together, it's just this explosion that I have never seen in wrestling before. And I have to continually be like, dude, like these guys can elevate other talent. They can get themselves over and they know exactly where to be for like every little spot. And they're always, and, and you never see it coming. And you're always like, man, they're just so good at everything they do. And I, I don't know, man. It's just for me to put over, like, the, I guess it's my way of putting over the Usos, even though they don't really need me to validate anything that they've done. They've just, they're just an incredible talent. And I know we've had some people talk about it, like the greatest wrestling tag teams ever. And the Young Bucks were like always going to be talking, talked about as well as the Usos. And I just feel like, and I said this on the show, I think I told this to Danny Joles when he was a, a special guest on with us as well, that if you took the Usos out of WWE and you put them into AEW, they're in the top top three if not the top team of of the of the whole thing like i mean yeah you got ftr you have the young bucks you have you know jungle you know jungle express is up there as well you have santana ortiz and then if you put the usos in there that's just like god like this this fire like tag team division that's just gonna burn every other division to the ground (laughs) sorry welcome to my ted talk Uh, oh that are you back (laughs) okay sorry about that (laughs) but no um i I totally agree with you i think um i i would put them in the same boat like the uh, usos is like uh well how i compare aj styles i feel like with the usos you can put them in a in a ring with anyone you can put them in the ring with me with zero experience and they can make a good match out of it like they just they just know how to make a good match with whoever they're put up against like plain and simple oh yeah Going into our number six match, um, this was probably another one of my favorite matches to watch and to, and to talk about. It was MSK versus Legado de Fantasma uh, on NXT. Those guys, MSK, man, like I know the Rascals, right? We, we, we know. If you're watching Impact, you know who the Rascals are. But MSK, man, like since coming over to NXT, have just torn the house down night after night after night. And I have to be honest, like I don't see like where – I don't see like – I, I really I don't want them to go to main roster, right? And I say that because right now the ceiling isn't they're just a nightmare for every other team, but they tell such incredible stories like in the ring. Yeah, no, I definitely I I love MSK. They are just so much fun to watch. Like they are uh I, I've been able to see them live. I've been able to film one of their matches a couple of years back, and they're just so entertaining. Like it's hard to like like 
it was hard for me even just to watch them live and like try to do a job, but at the same time, watch a match and be a fan. Like they, they're absolutely incredible. And I, I, I see a lot of uh, bright things in their future um, in the WWE. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree. Um, so we're going to move into number five, right? So I, I'm not even going to list all, everybody in this match. It was just jungle boy winning the 20 man, 21 man battle Royal. Right. Uh, it was cool to see him and Christian right at the end. Obviously, Matt Hardy and Private Party were there as well. But yeah, Jungle Boy winning it all. Like, I'm just a fan of Jungle Boy. Like, he's just he's so cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, shout out to to Jungle Boy, another guy from the California scene that we got to watch grow into what he is now. And honestly, I I'm not gonna lie, as someone who's who's been able to witness like him working in our California independent scene to what he's doing now. Yeah, I did. I shed a tear a little bit for the, for that. And I, I hope the best for him. And also it was cool to see him go against one of my favorite wrestlers, which is uh, Christian cage. Uh, but also shout out to, to Leo rush for being the surprise. I will admit, I wish he was in there longer, but other than that, like it was a cool surprise as it was. Um, big shout out to Leo for signing with new Japan, by the way, like we, like that announcement coming out, I was mad. I was like, "Oh snaps, it's going down!" <laughs> so, yeah, big dude. big ups to him. He's great. He he's great. I hope. Uh, I don't know if you've seen in the independent scene, but he's been doing another character, uh, Le- uh, Blackheart Leo Rush. Oh my god! I hope he brings that like at least out there to a bigger crowd, and I think people are really going to enjoy that style of what he does as Blackheart. Yeah, I like it. I saw him with um, who's he running with uh, over WrestleMania weekend? Was it? Blake? Uh, it was Jordan Oliver. Yeah, with Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've only seen him do it twice. He, yeah, he did it with, Jordan, he did it with Blake he, Christian. Yeah, Blake Christian. That's the only one I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. It, was like, it was so cool. I like the fact that he had like a massive black eye contact. So like, that's that's a nice touch. <laughs> I think uh, I think when he came out for that uh, WrestleMania weekend, he came out with like a uh, like a dude. Some dude was like a, he was like a contortionist uh, coming out to his entrance first, and it was just really unique. It was a definitely a spectacle that everyone needs to check out i hope one day everyone will get to see blackheart leo rush so we're going to move into number four uh this was the opener for double or nothing let's be real this was it was a fire match so hangman page versus brian cage uh at double or nothing uh yeah just i couldn't say anything anymore about this match so if you guys haven't seen it you guys need to uh just the the fact that we saw hangman page go out there and handle business against brian cage was super cool Yeah, um, for me, um, I just hope this eventually leads to that uh, that Brian Cage face turn. Uh, I'll probably talk to him next week and see, but he probably won't tell me anything. But still, I'll ask. It's better to ask and try to find out. But uh, the match was great. You could tell people fucking love Hangman Page. And I- I'm telling you, I- I'm going to say it again. Give it about a year. He's going to be a world heavyweight champion in AEW. I- I'm guaranteeing that. Uh, but also, uh, shout out to Brian Cage. I think the face turn will do really well for him. That I agree. So we're gonna jump into number three. This was the inner circle versus the pinnacle stadium stampede. Dave obviously said it himself. This was his favorite match because he loves gimmick matches. I love this match too because I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I love the storytelling about everybody having their own individual storylines uh, that all tied together into this final matchup. Well, I don't say final, but into this matchup, um, I, I, I just liked it. It was great. Yeah, uh, who knew that? Uh, who knew that Daly's place had a uh, a nightclub going on during that event? Uh, and for some reason, uh, Conan is uh, working part time as a DJ. Who knew? Conan's a DJ. 
I, uh, but it was great. I, I love it. And then you have Wardlow and um and Hager working working a match in a in a refrigerator that has that obviously had fake uh <laughs> hanging pigs. because uh, I'll tell you, I've worked at a stadium in my in my previous career, and I promise you, no one in food services hand makes like their food. <laughs> no. And it, you know that, it was a great match. It was it was a great match. I saw I saw I saw the pigs hanging there and I was like, I bet those taste delicious. Cause it looked like like it looked like uh you know how people have like the like the gels, like um just like uh like gummy bears, right? They looked like mm-hmm. gummy bears. I was like, you kind of look like something that I would just eat for fun. Like I don't know why. But I was like, I definitely can I definitely get test that this looks like gummy bears and I just want to eat one. <laughs> so let's jump into yeah, number see, two. I, I knew it was Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, I was saying yeah. You could obviously tell that it was not real, but it was it was it was definitely a fun visual. <laughs> so let's jump into number two. Um, let's be real, man. This is a match. I know Chaz is throwing up right now. Here in his back, it was Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy and Pack. Let's be real. Double nothing. This is a this triple threat match had everybody on their seats because you thought anybody at any time could win this match. And really a lot of people got behind orange Cassidy and they're like, man, I really think he's going to win. And you know, obviously he didn't, but I, the believability that orange Cassidy was going to win this match. I was, I was all on my seat too. Yeah. It's as a huge orange Cassidy fan. I hope one day uh, the internet explodes when he becomes the world heavyweight champion, it's going to piss off a lot of people and it almost happened. And I, <laughs> I hope one day it does happen, but that match, man, it gets, it had me on the edge of my seat. It, it was, it was one of my favorites. And uh, to be honest, I will say this, it should have been the main event. Yeah, it, it really, it really should have. And I think too, what's funny is that like when you get towards um, it, like the way looking back on it, that, I mean, it kind of was the main event for people because, like, obviously, like, the Stadium Stampede was, like, filmed for the most part, and then you had, like, the live interactions and stuff like that afterwards. But, yeah, I, I really liked this match a lot, and I really wished it would have just headlined the show because then you would you left with people pissed off because they're like, what the hell, man? Like, how did Kenny win? <laughs> but let's get into our number one match of the week, and that would have been Britt Baker versus Akira Shida. And let me be honest, man, it was time for Britt Baker to win. Um, it was time for Britt Baker to win this title. Um, she's been tearing down the house for the last year. Um, and I know a lot of people had different opinions about it. I don't really worry about it. To me, like she deserved this. And she got all the praise that she just, des- she earned all the praises that she got for this match too. So big ups. I really love the fact that, you know, Britt won. And uh, yeah, that's my top match for the for the week. Yeah, it was. There were so many like certain spots. Where I was like, okay, this is gonna be it. This is gonna be it. Someone's gonna win this match, and it just kept going and going and going. Honestly, like, wow, it was it was incredible. It was a good feeling to watch Britt Baker win that title. And honestly, I'll even admit that touch at the end where, you know, Tony Schiavone went on stage and waited for her, gave her a big old hug. I think it was great. Uh, they they had a cool little storyline going on as well, so I, I really do like the friendship that they had. But I, I will say, Britt Baker, I need that uh, I need that coupon for that Big Mac. Okay, 
all right, I'm on a budget right now, and I need that damn coupon for that Big Mac, all right? I better see it in my mailbox. Other than that, it was a great match. Yo, I do. I need that coupon. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I need get, me a I Big need, Mac. I need me a Big Mac. <laughs> I need three of them, okay? So I have a family to feed too, okay? So let me get those. But that is the Red Dogs Power Rankings. You guys see Britt Baker versus Sheeta was the top match. Um, and that kind of like starts to wrap everything up. So, you know, with that being said, it's time to go home. And uh, Dave, why don't you let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you? Eh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't follow me. I don't need yeah, your. No. What are you, Biggie? I don't need your follows. <laughs> I don't. I don't need your pity follows. Uh, but no, uh, I actually do need your pity follows. Please, I'm trying to get to ten. <laughs> I'm trying to get to at least a thousand either on my Instagram or my Twitter, so I can start putting out some merchandise. Like how pretty much how you have your your beautiful merchandise in the background, which you guys should probably go pick that up as well. See, there you go. Checks in the mail. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so make sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. It's at King of Vlog Style. Once again, it is at King of Vlog Style. You could even check out my YouTube channel where I do post vlogs of the local wrestling events that I do film, uh, which is Vlog Style, a wrestling channel. So go check that out. Uh, and again, um, one of the main things I do want to push onto my Twitter account and my TikTok and my Instagram is please go check out the highlights. I do one minute highlights for local wrestling events uh, and I'll be out in Vegas uh, next week for uh, on June the 12th. It's going to be main event. It's going to be the super beast versus uh, Brian P- uh, cage at the super beast compound uh, for more information. Just go to King, uh, King of vlog style and I'll give you everything you need to know to go to it. Definitely. And also, you know, Dave, there's something else I want to kind of bring up. I'm sorry, I probably should have told you this too. You know, it is Pride Month. So, you know, we definitely want a big shout out to all of our people that are part of the LGBTQ plus community because, you know, y'all matter to us just like everybody else matters to us. We just, you know, want to throw our love and support behind you guys and let you know that, you know, if you ever need someone to just be an ally or someone to just kind of like bounce things off of, hey, we're here for it. Yeah, I, I do. I really do thank you guys for your support. This past couple of days, like, of me kind of like I guess I've always known about my my preference as a as someone who is a, a pansexual I've I, I know what I like I know who I like whatever and everything but I've never fully have come out like that to, to people I made it very vague and simple at the end like it only took a few seconds for me to say it but I, I'm very happy with the support and the people who have mentioned about it that you know I, I, I we just want to you know I just want to do my thing I just want to represent who I am and know that there are people out there, even at me, I'm 31 years old, barely coming out. And the thing is, I, I want to make know that no matter what age you are, how matter how young, how old you are, uh, you know, don't be afraid. We're all here for you. We're all here to love and support everyone. Yeah, definitely. And it was funny. Cause like, I, I felt like I kind of had to explain myself a little bit. Cause like on your TikTok video, we were talking about some little, some kid, and uh, I had put out there, I was like, yeah, I'm part of the problem. And you're like, excuse me? And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not how I mean. What I mean is, is that I felt like uh, one of the other dudes on TikTok that I always had to re- like reply. I was like, no, 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 Because no. he said that we're part of problems if we support this. And I was like, so very much. I was like, yeah, I could definitely see how this would be crossed wrong. <laughs> I, I when you said that I didn't understand at uh, first yeah I really didn't understand when you were like oh I'm part of the problem I was like wait are you the problem of like not liking it or are you the problem of saying that you're coming out too I was like I'm so confused <laughs> yeah no 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 I 
I will be honest when people tell me like I'm straight, like I've been married for the last <laughs> 10 years, you know, going on 11. So definitely, but I definitely support all my friends and all their decisions. And I, I've openly said it, like whether you know, you're gay, you're straight, you're trans, you know, you're bi, wherever you are in your life, like it, hey, can you, can you be a productive person? cool then I don't care what you do with your life I don't care like just be just be happy and be you and I know a lot of people are probably going to be probably don't follow me on a lot of stuff because I said that but I don't really care like at the end of the day I want my friends to be happy and Dave you and I I feel like we've kind of had like this cool like this is the first time that we've actually talked by the way to, to anybody out there but we always we're yeah, always very thankful very TikTok. thankful <laughs> we're always chatting yeah I <laughs> I love it. People like, I trust me, at, at, I think at the age that we are at, we thought that TikTok was like for kids. But man, it's it's the most interactive. It's it's TikTok. And it's honestly, I'm very thankful for being a part of it. So, and uh, I've met a lot of great people, including you. So I'm very, very thankful. So thank you for having me on this show. Yeah, bet. So you guys know what to do because this is the end of our show. And uh, yeah, you know, check out our next episode and be there or be somewhere else. Hey guys, it's the host of The Three Count, you know, Chaz Evans here. Make sure to let you know that I don't run shit, I don't do shit, I just talk shit. And uh, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Um, what else did you do? You should also follow us on all social medias. That's the Facebook at Three Count Podcast, the Instagram at Three Count Pod, and the Twitter at Three Count underscore Pod. Also, if you like us a lot, a lot, you should definitely buy a, a t shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash Three Count Pod, and that's the number three. Don't be an idiot and type in T H R E E because you're not going to find anything. So make sure you. Follow us at 3CountPod or 3Count underscore pod on Twitter and buy a shirt. Be there or be somewhere else.